Well, good morning and welcome uh, to Princeton Church Online. We're so glad that you're here worshiping with us uh, this morning, uh, Palm Sunday morning, as we remember Jesus uh, riding a donkey into Jerusalem um, and his uh, triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And we're going to continue our series on Jesus' authority, uh, looking specifically at a passage where his authority was challenged. Um, it was business as usual in the temple and uh, until Jesus showed up. Uh, Jesus flipped the tables of the money changers and he pushed over or, or toppled over the seats of, of the individuals who were selling pigeons and uh, it was no longer business as usual and the, the um, chief priests had something to say about that. And when I was thinking about business as usual, I was thinking about ways in which uh, business as usual doesn't happen. Uh, perhaps you can think of today uh, and the coronavirus and how many businesses are closed or shuttered and, and so on, uh, but I was thinking about it from another perspective as well. Uh, I watched a podcast a little while ago, and I don't remember who actually uh, was the person uh, saying about this, but he had this uh, kind of essay he had written and he wanted to, to share about uh, the millennial generation, of which I'm a part of the millennial generation. This guy that wrote it was not part of the millennial generation. And he said, oftentimes millennials get a bad rap. Uh, you know, they, they say multiple things. You could probably think of things that you say about my generation of people. Um, but in reality, he said, they changed the way businesses function. Businesses weren't business as usual anymore. Uh, since the millennials entered the workforce, this thing uh, about flex Fridays or flexible hours that they could take off if they get their work done in other periods of time, that's something that's uh, become a thing. As well as telecommuting, where you you are online and you're working from various locations and something that even more so now we have become really familiar with, you know, uh, where you can get your work done or many people can get their work done from all over the place. Um, business as usual used to be nine to five Monday through Friday, but now business as usual looks a little bit different. And perhaps you've experienced, too, where, where you've been in a place and business as usual changed. Perhaps someone new came in or a couple new people or, or things changed and the way the normal operating procedures have changed. And so really that's what the, the chief priests and the scribes were experiencing uh, when Jesus came and he flipped the tables. And so later on, they want to confront him. And so Emily is going to read this passage again for us from uh, Mark chapter 11, uh, starting at verse 27 through 33. If you have a Bible, I, I encourage you, pause this, go grab it. Uh, that way you can follow along in your own Bible or just, just listen uh, as well. And, and we want you to have the opportunity to pause this. Feel welcome to do that and discuss what we're talking about uh, with the people in your house or reflect on it by yourself. So Emily, would you read that passage for us? Sure, I'm reading from the NIRV. Um, that is the Bible that is written at a third grade level. We want this to be an inclusive thing where all family members can um, either read it or understand it. So 
If you're following along with an NIV, it will sound just a little bit different. Same concepts are there. So verse 27 of Mark chapter 11. Jesus and his disciples arrived again in Jerusalem. He was walking in the temple courtyard. Then the chief priests came to him. The teachers of the law and the elders came too. By what authority are you doing these things? They asked. Who gave you the authority to do this? Jesus replied, I will ask you one question. Answer me and I will tell you by what authority I'm doing these things. Was John's baptism from heaven or did it come from human authority? Tell me. They talked to each other about it. They said, if we say from heaven, he will ask, then why didn't you believe him? But if we say from human authority, they were afraid of the people. Everyone believed that John was really a prophet. So they answered Jesus, we don't know. Jesus said, then I won't tell you by what authority I'm doing these things either. You know, Emily, we've seen uh, Jesus' authority on display throughout the whole book of Mark. It's the same authority that we've seen him display that is the authority that the chief priests are, are questioning. They're wanting to find out by what authority Jesus has been uh, given uh, to do the things that he's done. If you have started this series with us, you, you see that Jesus was exercising his authority in the way he was teaching. He was exercising his authority in, in rebuking evil spirits. Uh, he was exercising authority as he forgave sins. He was uh, exercising his authority as he, he claimed his authority over the Sabbath day and over top of the laws that the Pharisees and the chief priests had uh, developed for that day. Jesus exercised his authority over nature as he calmed the wind and the waves. He exercised his authority over uh, diseases and people's lives. And now he exercises his authority uh, by throwing over those tables and upsetting that business as usual that, uh, that the chief priests were accustomed to. Sure. So this scene that we have in Mark 11 uh, is on a Monday. Uh, you know, Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey on a Sunday, the triumphal entry. entry. Uh, we celebrate Palm Sunday around that. Um, so this was the day after that where this scene is happening. Um, and so there were many, many preparations that had to happen between Monday to Thursday, which is when Thursday they celebrated Passover. So pilgrims would come to Jerusalem, people, um, Jews and, and people would come all over um, from that region to Jerusalem to celebrate Passover to the temple. So there would be many, many families coming to the temple courts, um, bringing their uh, um, sacrifices, their offerings to God at that specific time, specific place. Um, and so Jesus is intersecting at that specific time on that Monday. What's kind of happening here is the chief priests are in on a kind of a bit of a scam. Um, Jesus eyes them. What, what's going on is people would come with their coins and they would bring them as an offering. And the chief priests would say, actually, that's the wrong kind of coin. You need this kind of coin to please God. But don't worry, 
my cousin Frank has an exchange table over here. All you have to do is pay 50 extra bucks and you'll get the right coins that you need to praise God with. Um, also, they were people were bringing their lambs or their sheep or their offerings, and the chief priests would say, "Well, you know, this actually has a spot, and and God did command that the sheep be spotless, that they be pure." Um, but they were doing this as a scam. They were saying, "I have special training. Um, I see a spot that you can't see." Um, but no worries, I have uh, my brother Bob over there has an exchange table. He sells pure sheep. All you have to do is pay 200 extra dollars and you'll have the right sacrifice that you need. So it's not just that the temple courts are a marketplace. They are a place of deceit. Um, they're a place that is distracting people from giving to God. Um, and they're... they're pulling people into this scam and, and lying to them, um, making them think that God needs something from them that they already have. Their hearts are already centered um, on God, and, and the chief priests are, are kind of twisting and turning what God wants from his people. Um, and it becomes kind of this mockery of faith and contempt at the temple. And, and actually, this isn't the first time Jesus has come and turned over the tables. We can read in John's Gospel, that earlier in Jesus' earthly ministry, he had also done the same thing three years earlier. These guys came back. Um, and so Jesus does it again. And he was not polite about this protest. <laughs> um, you know, so it seemed like it was one man against the mob. But really, uh, it wasn't even on their turf. This was God's turf. And Jesus was there to tell them, to show them, and those who came to worship Whose authority the temple is under. Yeah, but in the Pharisee or in the chief priest's eyes, they didn't see it that way. Uh, they saw that Jesus had no standing within the Sanhedrin, that, uh, that, they, that he didn't have um, that ability. He was not at that level. So they wanted to try to, to find out um, by what authority. They wanted to, to challenge him. Uh, to see by what authority are you doing these things. You know, the authority that Jesus displayed, though, was something that was always amazing people. In chapters 1, 2, and 3, people were impressed with his authority, but now when Jesus challenges foundations or aspects of their belief, aspects of their system of religion uh, that are benefiting them, uh, they don't like it anymore. You know, when, when the authority of Jesus begins to shake down what they thought was truth or what was something that they believed in, something that they thought was beneficial, now they begin to the work to save their own face, uh, to save their own positions, to maybe hold on to that money that they've been gaining from uh, the sale of these goods uh, instead of uh, thinking about perhaps what it is that God was desiring during this time. You know, Mark really makes it clear in this gospel that uh, the chief priests and the scribes are wanting to save their political authority and save their institutional uh, authority rather than recognizing what was actually happening in this time. In this time, we have Jesus, the king who had 
entered into Jerusalem on a donkey. Jesus, the king who had been displaying his authority, healing people, bringing restoration and reconciliation, uh, bringing God's justice to people. And yet the king is coming and they have no part in it and they want no part in it. They want to question him and then later they'll want to kill him. So I think Jesus in his entrance and even his authority being challenged um, has something to say to us. Jesus' authority is being challenged when he breaks into those places that people don't want broken into. And if, if we're going to take the New Testament serious, if we're going to take Scripture serious, uh, if we believe that we are equipped with the Spirit, uh, we believe that we've been given some of that same authority that Jesus has. Uh, he's extended that to us by way of the Spirit. And under His direction, we're to act and to go into those same places, those temple-like structures where are these unjust, perhaps, things happening, uh, those things in the world that we don't believe are functioning well. And it's those things that uh, we have to be con to consider. Where is it then? Where is it that, that Jesus is calling us to, to break into? Where is it that he's calling us to, to go into those places where we're supposed to, to step into and flip some tables over? Where are those places where we're supposed to step into and, and cause things to look differently because they don't look the way that they're supposed to? And that is really a difficult spot because when we get in those spots, that's when people, just like the chief priests, didn't like Jesus. When we start stepping into those places that, that people have uh, uh, some, something to gain or something to lose, really, uh, where they don't want to give up something, that's when you yourself and me, myself, are start will start to be disliked uh, and start to be to be challenged uh, and start to to experience some difficulty. Sure. I think that also we have to recognize that some of those places where we need to flip tables is in our own hearts. Uh, the Israelites in Jerusalem were faithfully going through the motions. Um, this was Passover. It was a celebration. It was a feast they did year after year. Um, but somehow some things that should not have been forgotten were lost. And the worship was empty. And God is calling out to his people. He's calling out to us. He wants our hearts. Um, we are his temple. His temple was a house of prayer. Jesus was calling and calling accountability to the temple being a place of hope, a place of um, rest, a place of nourishment for weary travelers in a dusty, dirty world. Um, it was a place of prayer. Are we that temple? Are we a temple of prayer? Uh, are, are we empty shell? The fig tree that was uh, mentioned in the passage before, verse 27, um, was a picture of Israel and is also a picture of us. It wasn't bearing fruit. And that's something that was wrong. And within three days of Jesus seeing this fig tree, cursing it, it came back and the roots were dead. And that's what happens. When we miss what matters most, 
and we are just walking through the motions. We pretend for a while, but our roots, the part that nobody sees, the place that nourishes our souls, our roots wither. And without roots, the tree is hopeless. And so when we forget why God is calling us out, we wither, our soul withers, and our, our roots are hopeless. So we can feel that experience of God's conviction. We kind of have two choices, just like the chief priests here. Uh, we can humble ourselves. We can repent. Uh, we can experience that conviction, and we can seek God's forgiveness. We can turn from the corruption in our hearts, and we can submit to Jesus' authority and lordship over our lives. And that is a challenge. That's a, there's a reason you know, the Apostle Paul says, die to yourself, and death is hard. Um, or we can, the second option when we feel conviction is to harden our hearts. Um, we find ways to justify ourselves and our own actions, and we plot to turn away from God's instruction, and we reject what is at the core of what he wants to speak to us, and we don't want to reorient our hearts towards him which is what we see here the chief priest's route was. They didn't want to turn from the way of life um, that they had gotten used to and they benefited greatly from. There's things in our lives that we don't want to turn from. We benefit greatly from them. Instead, we and they plot against Jesus' plan. And we reject his authority. We challenge his authority. And we think, uh, I have a better idea. Um, so it's a call. Jesus' authority here is challenged by the chief priests, but if we're honest, we're doing it too. We're challenging his authority when we turn our hearts towards a conviction, when we justify our own behaviors, and we know they're not right. So it's important for us to recognize we're not going to be perfect, but we can turn from sin. We can orient our hearts towards him. Um, and he will continue to speak to us through his spirit if we live under his authority. You know, I think it's interesting, Emily. I, I've seen uh, some memes lately. And, and one of them is, um, I can't remember the exact wording, but it's like, you know, some people are really wanting to get back to the way things were normally. But the opportunity we have now, and perhaps a time where we have more opportunity for self-reflection, more opportunity for times of study, is to really decide what type of normal do we really want to go back to? What are the things that we want to change in our life, in the practices that we have within our family life? with the practices we have in our work life, the practices we have uh, in our spiritual life where we engage in God's word and, and, and pray, what are the things we really want to come back to? And so that's my prayer for us today. Let's pray. Uh, dear Lord, we truly desire that we would have tender and responsive hearts to you and that we would uh, would not harden our hearts towards your purposes uh, in this world, but also your purposes in our life. So we pray that you would continue to soften us and mold us and help us discern what type of normal 
we really want to get back to. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us. Um, and as always, uh, we want to uh, make this more and more like worship. And after worship, one of the things we do is we give back to God uh, what God has given to us. So we invite you to do that. Uh, you can go to princetoncrc.org and, and donate there, or you can uh, send checks to 5330 Kalamazoo Avenue if this is a ministry that uh, you uh, feel like supporting. Uh, and we want to bless you as you go into uh, this new type of normal. A blessing from Numbers uh, chapter 6. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you his peace. Amen. Go in that peace today. <laughs>